Hi, I'm Chitra. I'm Madhvi. I'm Jyoti. I'm Patmaja. Together we are your hosts on the Edge podcast. We bring you stories and experiences from our experiments around learning, marketing and design. These are stories of people, technology and people interacting through technology of what we see, create and recommend. This is a conversation between Chitra and Rohan Krishna, an edtech entrepreneur exploring various aspects of product development and marketing. Rohan's dynamic career throws light on what an ideal product manager should do. Listen on to some of his insights on what it takes to build products in the learning space and why he wants to make learning more accessible, effective and personalized for everyone. Good morning, Rohan. A very warm welcome to you to the Edge podcast. It's a pleasure having you on our show. Good morning, Chitra. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Rohan, we ask our guests to introduce themselves to our listeners. How would you like to do that? Perfect. So, my name is Rohan Krishna. I am a co-founder and CEO of EdSanta Education. We are an edtech company, five and a half year old startup, I would say, completely focusing on building tech solutions and tech product for people who want to learn skill and upskill. Uh, prior to that, I have been working as uh, into marketing, branding and uh, building different products globally as assistant vice president in VM Edoink, a US-based company. And of course, before that, I was into retail sector in Europe for almost five and a half years. Overall, I carry somewhere around 12 plus years of experience, uh, mainly into building brands, products, and uh, growing businesses from zero to one. Wonderful, Rohan. A lot of questions in that space. How did you actually get into media, branding, marketing, and then building products? How did that all come to be? Okay, so that's a very interesting interesting journey and it was by by you know uh, when people say it was an accidental invention uh, discovery it was exactly an accidental uh, bump which i had so i did my uh, my masters in business administration and uh, business strategy from university of aberdeen scotland and immediately after completing my program i i was into cj langs and sons which is into retail sector and you know and one of their brands are, are spar or you know now it's been called ocean so for, for almost like four four and a half five years i was in to finding new product that can be introduced into the market, you know, help out, uh, find out the problems which customers are facing and uh, see if there is a solution that can bridge that gap. But there is always a, a excitement that why am I the only one who is finding this for some gap? Why I'm not building something, you know, because there you go higher on the value chain. And in all this thing, in 2012, I decided to shift back to India and um, I was at my friend's sister's wedding and that is where I kind of met the CEO of a company, Adusis Services Private Limited, and uh, I just joined him. You know, it was like he said, "Okay, why don't you join from tomorrow?" And there was my first step of uh, seeing the actual world of marketing, brand building, product building, customer building, and the amount of learning which I have gone got from there, being in the front line, was really exciting. And that's that's my beginning journey, I would say. In that domain, when I was in, and that was also a the first tech company in India to raise uh, funds from Sequoia, that was $7.5 billion. And that's where, you know, you get to see how 
how to build product how to see the different challenges coming in a different location for example one of the very known brand which we have worked on was cm study or scrum study every geography has different you know customer base tackling those and figuring it out how to get through is is really exciting and there's where my stint of uh, marketing sales product development you know just came in and it never left me then that sounds like an extremely interesting and exciting start to perhaps what i would like to call a very dynamic career in your case rohan if i may you mentioned pretty much all the functions you almost sound like an ideal product manager you know it seems like all of these roles that you have performed have given you something so which of these comes first in your opinion is it marketing and branding for a product is it finding customers or how do all of these things connect with each other right of course you know before even going there i would say you know there are three to four steps which we have to take as a mandatory course of action before taking those decisions the first one is to actually figure out that whatever idea which you are having either whether it's a product it's a service whatever it is is it having enough market uh, size right and and i've seen a lot of products failing a lot of services failing because uh, you want to launch something and and later you realize that there is not enough market there and i'll give you some example about this later as well so that's the first start second is that you know once you have figured out okay there is a market there is an audience there is a need and demand for this product or solution then comes the understanding of the user persona because unless and until you understand the user persona you will never be able to reach them out with your product so the example was that we built one of the product which was targeted keeping in the mind the us uk canada market and it was into some uh, it certifications we 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 designed the website we designed everything we designed our marketing campaign how will we outreach people and get conversions uh, of customers and growing and it worked very well then we decided to expand it into the european market and to start with we wanted to expand in germany and netherlands and the same marketing technique we applied there for 3 months and 6 months we failed you know and we failed miserably so we kind of dig down to find out why it happened and what we figured out that the entire user persona and you know it's completely different so for example you know linkedin is very popular in the us but uh, now linkedin is popular Google, globally but that time there was a platform called zing so that was the most preferred platform in netherlands language was another issue so we had to go and take a language courses to understand a levels or b levels so that we can articulate things better so first is to understand your product or your segment where you are planning to take your product out second thing is that you have to drive your marketing strategies according to it right third is that if that same marketing technique is not going to work for you across the globe right so you keep your abc's right the first thing was which market you plan to go at first second third and accordingly your marketing plans and strategies should be um, shifted and planned out makes a lot of sense rohan so since you have been in the space of learning and i'm assuming this is learning for people in corporates what have been some of the insights you have had in terms of gaining an understanding of the user persona how does one go about that in the learning space because there are so many stakeholders here there are influencers there are decision makers and there are the actual consumers of learning what are some of the tips that you can share while trying to discover user personas for learning products that's a very uh, very good question and a very complex one to explain right what i try to bring forward chitra that this entire user persona and the learning ecosystem has been made very complex even though it's very simple to understand let's understand the stakeholders 
right if i talk as a perspective of a of a learning product or a learning solution right and if i want to see the entire market of course you and your end users are going to be the learners right whether it's enterprise whether it's a just a b2c kind of a market segment the end users are learners now the reach to this end users of the learner varies based on the business model you kind of adopt right whether you're going through an enterprise route whether you're going a director route to the customer if you are going through an enterprise route there are many stakeholders who come in as you mentioned right decision makers before decision makers there are other three to four levels you know your your lnd comes in before that your functional head comes in so a lot of people have their say their their foot in before a learning solution or a product or a, you know something is is made available for the end users yeah right? i think i should Now, have i should have clarified saying that uh, i meant the enterprise Correct. So in, the, in so that's a structure, and the, again, this is completely my observation and and my finding is that if you really want to reach the end user in an enterprise, you have lot of uh, kind of uh, hard, you know, I won't say hurdles, but lot of uh, litmus tests you uh, you have to pass, and then you will be able to reach out your end users. So, you know, if you talk about the mindset again, there is a difference of mindset in India, outside India. You know, globally, everyone wants to wants a team to learn, skill, upskill. There are different ways and standards of putting things together if you talk about bigger enterprises and corporates uh, they have very well structured systems in place just not the product i'm talking about and in terms of uh, you know the hierarchy the mechanism the processes it's very well structured so for any company or any product or any any new solution provider if they want to enter that they would first need to understand that entire process and gel through so that is one thing but when you start going down to the other kind of market size for example if you go to small size or mid size there you have certain room of uh, inculcation of your product with uh, their organization kind of fit for the users uh, on a personal front uh, what i feel is when you talk about uh, user personas and learning so chitra tell me you know don't you think that we all learn something or the other every day right? yes we certainly do so why is it you know that it has been put a structure to learning and upskilling only limited to a course right so when i speak to lot of lnd professionals uh, hr professionals so even even founders ceos and when, you know when we come into this discussion that hey I want our team to upskill I want them to learn I want them to go to different courses and uh, you know that's where my point comes in that why do you think that this learning is only happening through courses right because you know on our daily life when you actually talk to end users right we did a lot of market research right and and i mean by market research means we have spoken to individuals across different role profiles so we speaken to people who are actually coding we are speaking to people who are actually executing the digital marketing strategies running campaigns doing seos we have spoken to sales people you know and across function we have even spoken to hrs we have spoken to accounts team and what we realize is that their learning on a daily basis is enormous you know they are stuck into situations where no one is coming and helping them out mostly they're trying to find the solution themselves and it can be either through reading somewhere finding a blog going to youtube you know uh, whatever may it be but the sad part is that that learning is never encountered or it's never kind of monitored on an individual basis so i think that's the gap area which uh, we see and we are also working day to day that how can we 
we quantify that learning which is happening on a day to day basis and and show it to the leadership that of course your courses are there to help a, a individual to learn and skill but at the same time the individual initiative to solve day to day problem is done through some new learning so that's that's where we come to so i never say that okay when was last time you have taken any course to an individual or i don't expect any user or any individual to specifically stop or you know find extra 2 hours of the daily routine go and sign up for a course do it you know of course you do it it adds a lot of value to it but also it's equally important to quantify and keep a measure of what new thing you learn today you know and it is definitely related to some of the skill which you're working on that's a very interesting way that you put it in rohan and i i certainly have taken away something from that and i absolutely like the fact that you know you open by saying you don't ask somebody when they last took a course and personally for me that used to be very intimidating it's almost like if you didn't take a course you haven't learned anything which is quite contrary right. like you said we we constantly learning either by doing by interacting with different kinds of people trying to collectively solve a business problem at hand uh, there are so many ways like you said right learning happens and is happening all the time but we also have to be cognizant of the fact that enterprises are always in some sense i feel a little worried about what happens if my workforce or the people in this organization aren't formally learning something isn't it i mean yeah I, yeah you you're true you right right so where is this uh, this heading up to now of course organizations or enterprises are worried about some formal or structured form of learning right which which we actually is very much required but at the same time just online courses are not the solution because if those would have been the solution to this problem the completion rates would have not been somewhere around 4 5% on the other side everyone in an organize organization does are not put into programs which cost 400 500 so how do we bridge this gap this has to be done and and the problem is that no one is addressing this elephant in the room so building lmss i have chitra uh, honestly spoken to so many companies and i have seen state of art lmss right beautiful you can expect our feature and it is there but the user engagement on those platform are less than 7%. So that is definitely not a good ROI. On the second hand is if we are expecting or if the, of the leadership or a new organization is looking for a structured form of learning uh, and if you find something definitely a program which is a structured form of learning that is not going to gel with all the user personas in an organization. So for example, uh, we spoke to one of our enterprise who has 40 people in the digital marketing team, right? And we figured out the top two courses for them and we gave them except two to three people the remaining people were disconnected so, and when we spoke to them they were not finding it comfortable they were not able to get into it right so a uh, one size does not fit all how can we uh, find a solution to this problem that okay if there is a structured form of learning find content related to those structured form of learning in forms or ways you you can learn you can access coming out of india we spoke about uh, we worked with a, a a very large enterprise in south africa in that south african company majority of employees struggle with english language and they have been taking courses for their employees but it's it's not helping them out so there is where you know we always bring in and you know and this is what uh, chita we have been working for the last 3 and a half 4 years is when you mean when you talk about personalized contextual bite sized learning you should mean it and what does personalized contextual learning mean is not just that if i'm looking working on a problem i just find content in that content addressing that problem but it should all 
also be in in my comfort zone in terms of my language understanding my accent understanding lot of things you know it should make it should be a very authenticated video you know it should actually address the problem so those things are required second when you talk about you know day to day learning day to day solving of problems now if there is no structured form of learning in place how are people at the front line delivering the projects and solving the problem so you have you have to even address that it's like we are not providing them if you are not able to provide them with a very structured form of learning or a program till uh, the employees or people in the front line they are able to self discover those things right so there's a very interesting feature which we have in our product which actually addresses this right so let's say you know you are working on certain project right and that certain project in uh, and i'm talking here now in terms of technical include some of aws stuff it include some of the react uh, css some of things from html you know and when you are working on project if you are stuck right you are looking for content now what the algorithm would say is that since you have been working on these different technologies or skills and these problems you have access these content which are actually categorized to this part of your structured form of learning does it make sense or is is it complex chitra uh yes it is it is certainly beginning to make some sense rohan so let's say let's you have a very structured form of learning uh, organization builds a structured form of learning right that okay you know if you are working in this role on this skill you should be knowing a b c d e f g h i j k l m right now rather than you finding a b c d e f g h i j k l m okay you, you you definitely have those you have figured out those you give it to team members but even let individuals also discover those things for themselves right it's not necessary that the video or or an article which you give i will be able to understand rather than i, I can find something which is more interactive to me but yes there should be a measure right that if an individual is looking on content is it not or is it relating to the structured form of learning that is critical that monitoring and that calibration of a time spent of an individual on any piece of content should match with the structured form of learning for an individual yeah yeah so i i just wanted to extend what you said a little further rohan you you talked about the organization having a certain understanding and expectation from individuals in terms of what's expected that they learn in order to be able to uh, deliver value or perform well uh, within the organization mm-hmm. and then you said that it's also incumbent or uh, we should allow space for the individual themselves to discover what that kind of structured learning is so where do the two meet okay because mm-hmm. at the end of the day i think it's there's mutual benefit right the organization's going to benefit and which is why the they are investing in learning and uh, individuals also learn for for various reasons predominantly there needs to be their own sense of purpose behind this learning and the learning has to connect deeply with the work that they are doing in terms of enabling them to do their work better faster and in the process you know amplify the learning that they have where do you think that you know have you have you envisioned or seen how the two will meet actually yeah so that's a very good uh, kind of point to be- be addressed right and you know we we often come across when we speak to organizations we come across the t learning the vertically learning you know horizontal learning and all the stuff which is good from their organizational perspective but here is a classic finding as well the organizations who complained or who said that the user engagement on their platforms or or the products which they provide to their employees is less than 7% the same bunch of people are looking extensively for content outside that 
element right they are kind of signing up into different programs different uh, looking content for different skills so where is this breakage happening between the user and the organization has to be addressed so it's just not about finding the right product right course right tool but we have to also understand from the end users perspective is that what are their ambitions and what are their growth plans very often we have seen individuals who are working on project for four years they have been just kept into those skills and they have been what do you expect for a person working for a, for four years in that certain set of skills to do true they will look for content outside they will look for program outside uh, no matter data science and artificial intelligence program have been very very popular in india right how many have people have actually transitioned to that role those data is not very clearly accessible so there are multiple things is that you know first thing is that organization need to carve out a very specific just not the structured learning or a, or a learning program but they need to carve out a very structured form of the career growth plan for an individual in the organization and of course it cannot be a 20 year plan people need to see what new things they can keep on learning to move into different roles and they will move on who doesn't want uh, you know to go grow up in life right it's just that the system has been designed in such a way that you know we just uh, take uh, an individual for granted that you he or she is just meant to work only on those five skills and nothing else so they also have what we call is content fatigue content fatigue to simply define is that uh, if i am working as a for example if i am a wordpress developer and if i know everything about wordpress for how many times would i keep on going to a course on wordpress so the, those things have to be addressed on on a very higher level especially in the big organizations you know or enterprises in small to medium size enterprises there are issues but not to that extent as as you see in uh, large enterprises uh, because in these smaller organizations or mid size organizations you by choice or not you know you get to work on different projects different technologies where you learn and those things are bridged up yeah i understand what you're saying rohan and yeah and i think uh, that's going to be the challenge at hand for uh, people in the space of edtech designing learning solutions it's going to be also trying to find just enough and just in time learning solutions because i also feel that like you said it's not only content fatigue but overall fatigue which mm-hmm. is sitting in and also a lot of cognitive overload that's coming in by just the mm-hmm. sheer volume and diversity in the amount of information that one needs to be consuming to Day. just exactly. given just given the rate of change of what's happening in the environment around any enterprise isn't it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just address that you know that we always think from an organizational perspective right that what our team members should look for but we also need to see from the perspective of an individual you know that how much time they're spending on projects on a daily basis the amount of the new implementations they are doing those are learnings right and we cannot nullify that those learnings it is definitely getting added value earlier those things were not taken into consideration in the last 3 to 4 years in fact i would say 2 to 3 years organizations have also started taking these kind of learnings seriously because they are seeing value coming out of for for the organization as an overall so i agree with you certainly i think this has been uh, you know very interesting exploring the various aspects of how learning happens in an enterprise or organization and you know coming to topic of interest for me in fact we find that the vast majority of assessments of uh, standards based on which learning is designed largely comes from pedagogy or you know children's education and there's very little that's you know done in terms of andragogy 
and what I mean is adult education and focused studies in that space. Mm. While we, I, th- I think all of us are exposed to what implicitly makes sense for an adult to learn because they learn very differently from the way children learn. And we've been talking about that for the last uh, 20 minutes or so. What have you seen in your experience in terms of research or uh, anything that ha- that's happening formally in the space of researching adult learning? Mm. I'll be very honest that I don't have too much of uh, expertise and idea here but definitely I can put across what I am seeing and what I have seen. When you address this specifically from the point of view of Indian context, there is a very clear demarcation of where you have to stop learning and and this is not by option, this is by this is this is how the structure is been brought in. So once you have done your graduation and you are passed out you are getting your first job, you know, you stop learning and you just start earning. That's one kind of rule has been brought in. Uh, <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Stop <laughs> learning and start earning. <laughs> yeah. So so that has been brought in, you know, because see, you know what happens that in Indian education system, whether we like it or not, you know, everyone is not get funded. People are taking loans, education loans. You know, by the time they're coming out, they have to repay it. They are not left with any option to further continue their education. Second, if you see the higher studies, right, of course, when people going for master's degree, a lot of students go outside India for master's degree. And these master degrees migration are happening either after, you know, immediately after graduation or after doing, you know, three, four years of work experience. And of course, the agenda and the plan and all those things are separate behind each of these things. But when you talk about, and I'm glad that, you know, the current uh, government is bringing a lot of structural changes, a lot of uh, things are going to change in the next five, even coming years as well. But when you take this context outside India, it's very different. In India, there is a concept of placement. So, you know, when you are at your graduation you get placed into company you know and you hear about that I got placed into this company that company but outside India you know you have to actually look out for your job so what happens is that you know your learning is not stopping you know there is no pedagogy there's no formula that okay now you're done you stop learning and you start earning so you have to keep on fighting learning things keep on doing more stuff you know to kind of keep yourself ahead in the competition to to secure a job and once you have secured a job now you have to be very competitive you have to be on the toes all the time so to keep your knowledge and skill levels high but I think those changes are even flowing now here as well and uh, on a wider scale people are looking forward to take not stop learning or education Uh, in fact right now if you see in India there are many many one year and short term programs compared to any part of the world so of course changes are happening that's good to know Rohan and uh, it's very nice of you to have shared that perspective because like you said and this is an area that we are struggling with is there's not much in terms of formal research in this area but it's always Mm -hmm. good to understand people's perspectives of what more can be done uh, what exists out here what are the options there and I think there's a lot of takeaway for uh, everyone from here is that you know it doesn't always have to be that you have to seek opportunities to further your learning and education elsewhere but there are like you said if even the short-term courses are leveraged or Mm -hmm. if there's a way to bring those into the workplace so it can be learning and earning instead of you know stop learning start learning kind of a thing correct so Rohan you know you've had a very very interesting and diverse career what are some you know uh, probably there'd be people who are wanting to pursue a career in edtech you know because there's a lot of hype about it there is a lot of companies that are out there that are looking at edtech and slowly i think there are also an equal number of companies that are coming 
coming into the space of ed, ed tech for learning at the workplace. And why I say this is most of the companies that are popularly known address the needs of children and students probably pursuing an undergraduate or a postgraduate course. Uh, mm-hmm. But very few actually that have gained the, uh, a similar popularity in the space of learning in the workplace. So mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to pursue a career in ed tech, what would be some advice or suggestions that you would have to give people? That's a very, <laughs> that's, I wish I could have been the listing side five years back, right? <laughs> Six years back. In fact, uh, you know, I would, if I add together, it will be more than 12 years of experience in a tech. And, and what I would say is that if you have plans, if your ambition is to build something in a tech, please go for it. There is enough room for everyone. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that, you know, of course, you know, if you see the Indian context, again, I'm talking about Indian context and global context, uh, Chitra, you know, please excuse me, but I have seen differences. I have seen huge, huge differences of uh, you know compared to the both markets so that's why I keep on saying this I'll, I'll, I'll highlight those things as well sure the first absolutely thing is that if you are planning for an attack and you have a definite understanding whether you're planning to go for a K-12 whether you're going to go for a professional level programs or, or whatever it is you know uh, be very clear and be very specific of uh, two things of course you know the competition list it can be big enough it doesn't matter you should never be scared of any kind of a competition second thing is that you have to always understand the pain capacity of those categories. Very sad to know one of a very known brand uh, got shut down yesterday. I don't want to mention out the name. I have known them very well, you know, very well funded. They have been doing fantastic. Uh, uh, their, their initiative was very great. Unfortunately, they were targeting those area, those segments where the pain capacity was not enough. And multiple things need to be taken care of. Right? Just not the pain capacity. Second comes in is that, you know, whether you are a B2C, whether you are a B2B plan. If you have a B2C plan, remember, no matter how good your idea is, your product is, if you are not having a fan follower or subscribers of a, a good amount of subscribers, you will have to spend a lot in advertising because unless until you spend money, people will not be coming to you. So that always the outreach or go-to-market strategy has to be in sound, in line with your funds. Uh, that's the second place where maximum ad techs kind of go busted because they don't have, even though they have tested the product, they found their MVP, uh, you know, they have testimonials and stuff, still they lack to get funds to, you know, outreach or, or, or to kind of expand the businesses, right? So uh, think of that. Third is if you are planning to go for an enterprise side and if your program or product is, is built to those uh, stuff, again, please do a proper research and find out if majority of them are having something which is in, in-house built or they already have something because the, the effort and the cost of them replacing any current system program is way higher than bringing a new one. Cost wise and also time wise it takes a lot of time and third is a lot of higher you know levels you have to go up and down so these are the few things which you have to take care of you know and of course it should solve a problem right if it is not solving a problem which is worthwhile solving of course you know you will have very less buyers or takers and if again you're planning for india be prepared that one of the most efficient way of getting customers initially is your freemium model right or a free model where people come in they try your product and if they like they pay for it you know as we all know about it 
that's something and this is especially i'm talking about for saas you know uh, for services and stuff also people have their different expectations but uh, keep these things in mind and if you are having a good product which solves the problem has a good interface and good uh, go to market strategy and good people and good team uh, no one can stop you from uh, getting up there thanks rohan i think that was really succinctly put and i'm sure uh, people who will be listening to this have definitely have something to take away so what it say a big thank you for sharing all your experiences words of wisdom and various perspectives and dimensions i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation thanks shubhra thanks thanks a lot okay so i would uh, love to look forward to having more conversations with you perhaps on different topics and who knows we may have more experiences to share but until then thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast and i certainly look forward to our next conversations thank you chitra likewise have a great day please subscribe to the edge podcast on your favorite podcast channel we are on google itunes spotify stitcher and more if you like this episode please share it with your friends If you have stories to share and want to be featured on our podcast write to us at podcasts@adepticlabs.com at